But I was going into Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Power converter. Going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, power converter. Hello and welcome to Toshi Station Radio, where we sell power converters and we talk about X-wing. We are currently all stocked up on power converters, so if you need some, stop by. But until we get some customers, we're going to sit here and talk about X-Wing. I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. I'm Alex Smittle. And Greg Smith will be joining us once he puts his little Ewoks down for the night. Uh, so we'll just go I, right... I have a real question. Haven't, haven't we talked about X-Wing enough? We even really need to keep talking about it. I had an entirely different question, which was, has our problem the whole time been we didn't have customers for the power converters? So it was fine that we didn't have any power converters? You don't need customers to sell power converters. Those babies sell themselves. No, but we're the salespeople. You have to sell them to the customers. <laughs> Even we if they sell themselves, to... you need a customer. We, we might need to re, uh, reassess our business model over the next couple weeks vis-a-vis power converters. Probably like a milkshake bar? Like a milkshake I'm not reevaluating our business model until they decide to get rid of bids and X-Wing, and that's never going to happen. They're integral to X-Wing. How could could you imagine X-Wing without bids? How can I express my skill as an ace player unless I can bid deeper than other ace players? Without bids, how will you determine who goes first in a game of X-Wing? Exactly. What, are they just going to randomly roll for it? It breaks what down. What is this, a dice game? Uh, well, <laughs> on those notes, I guess that's all we have to talk about for X-Wing this week. <laughs> I'm Doug. <laughs> I'm Alex. <laughs> and I'm Matt. And hey, wait. I'm see, uh, did AMG do a stream or something? I'm sure we would have heard uh, about it on the internet if they did. No, I've heard from internet randos that AMG hates X-Wing and is trying to kill it for good. Were they uh, popular internet randos, though? Because that's the only kind I care about. No, I don't think they were popular internet randos. <laughs> Reference to someone calling out Yoon as a popular internet rando making up him the rules and, of X-Wing. Him and Chris Mitchell, because they were officially deemed the the people to control the rules for them. Two popular internet randos. And speaking of some internet randos, the uh, randos out at Atomic Mass Games did indeed have another uh, mini stravaganza where for an entire afternoon of, I believe, an hour or so, they talked about X-Wing and what's coming up, what uh, some changes that are possibly going to be made. And as can be expected, the internet handled it with uh, tact and professionalism. So, grace. Yeah, I was going to say grace as say. well. Yeah. <laughs> grace and tact. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's go over the, uh, the non-controversial things. Some previews that they gave us a, an actual image of the razor crest, which people are really hyped for. Uh, it looks like it's going to be pretty neat. The ST 70 assault ship. Uh, we did get a, very, very limited preview, uh, four or five images, including the child as a crew. Uh, should have some interesting things to it. What I found In my was... opinion, this is a pretty bottom-of-the-barrel ship. It barely lasted a season. True. The quad yeah. jumper almost had more screen time. That's I couldn't almost. say that with a straight face. I, could, <laughs> I tried. I couldn't say with a straight face. <laughs> to be fair, the quad jumper is not officially in second edition. It's only a conversion kit. That is true. What is going to be in, and not just in one, not just in two, but apparently in up to five factions. Confirmed five factions. Yeah, you can see it in the spread. Yeah, the Gauntlet Fighter. uh, Fighter, in air quotes. Yeah, uh, I believe they said is going to be, like, ghost-sized, like, pushing the limits between the large It's wider than the ghost is, yeah. yeah. And 
yeah. yeah I'm, that... I'm kind of surprised it's going to be in the game, honestly. It's so big. I expected it to be an epic ship, but they're bringing it in as a large base. Yeah. Uh, it's probably because it feels kind of lame as an epic ship. Like, it's not a command ship of any sort. Oh. And so, like, I get why they, they made it. We'll see how it does. Um, I assume it's going to have a special base similar to the Ghost. Yeah, it's got to. Yeah, most likely. Or maybe it won't. Who knows? Yeah, we're not going to cover everything that was previewed in detail. We'll cover that more when uh, more comprehensive information comes out. But something that I do find really neat is the idea of the Mandalorian Super Commandos that you can just shoot out as a remote that goes pew-pew at things. That's yeah, like, great. All, all jokes aside, I've not seen a single person not think those were really yeah, cool. Yeah, like, like, they're dope as hell. They're like... just <laughs> the neatest idea ever that you literally have Mandalorians that you drop out of your ship and they go shoot stuff. It's fucking rad. Like <laughs> Indeed. And then they're also putting out a new uh, pilot card pack with some... Nothing interesting. Maybe some TIE Fighters, but nothing interesting yeah, else. So Definitely new, not any new favorite fighter. characters as medals. Yeah. So... Favorite characters, huh? That doesn't sound like me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Rao is coming out as a Rebel, y'all. It's I was always a Rebel player and also always a Fenrao player combined into one. Where I get to fly Han Solo now instead of against Han Solo. So I think this is great. Now we just need Boss to come out as a Rebel Hawk pilot so he can run Fen, Kane, and Bosk. But this time it's Ghost. It's Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so in. Uh, but I think it's going to be, even though his ability is not the same and that will be a different ship entirely, the whole fact that you get all these amazing Rebel ships as wingmen as opposed to not any other aces or i mean obviously yes. there's good ships and scum but zam's gonna go up so scum's probably dead and even though you lose the amazing fen pilot ability you get a hera in your faction to just like pass yep. fen tokens like yeah. hera you I get think... luke you get yeah. han you get there's so many amazing options to go with him and you say, won't be able to put fearless on him but you can put selfless on him that's I'm not, not gonna do sure. that i don't even care <laughs> yeah. about fearless i have hera so i can just target lock every turn yeah. like I, there's so much synergy in Rebels. It's what I've tried to make scum lists with, with stuff like Kanan and like Kanan and Gleb or coordinator ships. But you just get that on real ships and Rebels. Like Indeed. it's a brand new world for me personally. And even something like Fen, and then a couple of like like three or four. I don't know. I doubt you can fit four, but like maybe Fen three X wings and a Z or something like that. Like yeah. you can get some actual nice jousters with them. Indeed. Nice. Uh, other store-related news that we've had confirmed from our local gaming store and that's made the rounds is that starting in October, prices of X-Wing uh, materials are going up. This is more than likely a response to current shipping issues that are affecting pretty much all commerce worldwide. Yeah, I've heard 500% increases as like pretty standard shipping price increases. So I think yeah. uh, I think a $3 increase is pretty tame, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, obviously, we'd prefer it didn't happen, but it, we, they got to be able to make the game. So yeah. I'll pay yeah. for it. Increasing small base ships from $15 in first edition to $20 in second edition was not oppressive by any means. No. Nope, not at all. The, the thing that I worry about is, well, we'll get to that a little bit later, because we have had some changes to organized play that were announced. Uh, with the caveats that most of these were quick mentions, there is a lot of speculation about what they mean. A lot but... of speculation. Yeah, so I would say it's not that they were quick mentions, it's that they didn't go into a lot of detail. They talked a lot more about, like, 
broad strokes. Yeah, why they were doing it rather than the specifics of what exactly it was. Indeed. Uh, the one thing that we do know is that points should be coming out the end of September with the new product releases. And they did say these would be wider than we would normally expect. Could be some yeah. big changes coming up. It, it, so wider is an interesting choice because it could mean a lot of tiny adjustments or... Like, I think the only thing that is for sure is they're going to adjust a lot of things. We just don't know the extent that they're going to adjust yeah. things. I, I think they said it would be sweeping in scope, but that we don't know if that means and an wide, a wide net or a deep net, so to speak. Yeah. And then an emphasis on bringing back faction identity, which I think is actually a really good thing. I think it's something that early in second edition they did really well. And then as more upgrades and ships started coming out, I think a lot of stuff lost got diluted. That. I think Jenko Zam is a perfect example of it feels like a very scum list, but it's a separatist list. Yeah. And things like that. Yep, I agree. I think part of the problem with that was establishing faction identity when you had three factions, then adding two more, and then adding two more. And in that whole thing, I think like Resistance and First Order have not been given any real kind of personality. And... More ships. Well, yeah. Resistance yeah. gets ships, but... Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the struggles of coming with the new factions with the new trilogy is that there's just not as much content as there are for the other ones. Like, the sequels have 20 years of new stuff, or of old stuff, and the original trilogy has, what, 50 years at this point? 40 years? 44. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. That's. I feel like that was the year New was born. And that's why Indeed, I am Star Wars years old. <laughs> uh, so 73 years. Oh, damn. Doug just calling Newt out. He looks good for a 73-year-old. That's very true. That is true. Like, There's no denying that. <laughs> uh, well, something that is new, newer than 73 years old, is going to be some official OP modes like Quick Build Aces High and what they refer to as Droid Soccer. Yeah, yeah it's going to be like Blood Bowl meets X-Wing. Yeah. yeah, they didn't, again, they didn't give a ton of, of details. I'm, cur I'm curious if the ACSI is just the quick builds or if they're just offering quick builds as a solution. Either way, I really like the idea of an OP ACES High. Like, I don't think any, everybody likes ACES High. It's just fun. And uh, it's a really, really good way to get new players into the game because they only have to think about one ship and it gets to do a bunch of cool stuff and it respawns if it dies. Exactly. I mean, we've been playing a bit of ACES High the last couple weeks because, well, with points changes coming up before anything happens, why invest in new lists or practicing lists that are probably going to be illegal by the time another tournament comes around? Ace is high. It's always here and always fun, and it always changes. True, and... I mean, and who, play, who plays the same ship twice in a row in Ace is high? Nobody. What are you, what are you saying? It also, it also lets you fulfill that fantasy of loading up your ship in a way that is not at all useful in an actual game. But in Ace is high, it's brilliant. Like... I ran an 80-point B-Wing this last Wednesday <laughs> with the group. It was terrible, partially because I couldn't roll hits on Braylon, but but it was a lot of fun. Like, if only you had re-rolls and weren't constantly ionized. But yeah, like, I flew a freaking loaded-out Camoglia in that, and it was super fun. Like, I, you can just fly whatever you want and do things that make no sense to do in a real X-Wing game. Like Doug said, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, that's... Ace is high is fun. I love that they're not necessarily when they you know we say it's going to be part of organized play. I doubt it's going to be like the next system open is going to have a top eight cut to aces high, which Bro. would kind of be amazing. Imagine though. Actually, Imagine they would turn it into a meme, turn it instantly, but it would be really funny. Yeah, uh, but I think the idea that 
hey, we're going to send out a store kit for the next couple of months with these quick build cards that you can give out so people can have fun playing a format that, like you said, is open to new players. It's a change from the 203 format. So, yeah, like even if they just, which I, the way they described it, it's its own kit. But even if they just did what they did with quick builds in the past, where it was, uh, like with each kit, here are some quick build cards to give out as well. Like if if you make those all so that they're relatively balanced around aces high, I think that's a really good way to just encourage people to play it. Indeed. Plus, another thing similar to quick builds they mentioned is standardized loadouts that will be an option for regular play as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. which there's been a ton of speculation on that, but. But that is literally what I said is all the information they gave us. Yeah. Besides, they will be a little bit cheaper than if you bought that loadout individually, but they will be standardized. Yeah. So what it implied to me was that, like, a Red Squat veteran X-Wing with Proton Torpedoes and, like, an R4 Astromech or something is not worth its points. But if the only Red Squat veteran you can bring is the standardized one, they can make it a little bit cheaper so that it's worth its points without, you know, breaking Proton Torpedoes on other ships and things like that. But so something like if, if like bring has to be that. Yeah, yeah if exactly. you equip this combination of upgrades, you get a five point discount on this ship. Yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Yep. But okay. it's not even that because it's uh you bring this loadout and you cannot add or subtract anything to it or any other of that pilot. Okay. Indeed, indeed. So it could be something like, you know, eleven points, equip proton torpedoes and daredevil to this ship for free. So you get a discount. Yeah, on it. kind of. Yeah. I think. It, okay. I think. Yeah. I'm. My guess is how they'll have it in the PDF is more of like how a quick build is built, or it'll be mm-hmm. a here is a standardized Red Squad vet. Here is its loadout. If you bring one, every Red Squad vet has to be the same loadout. Okay. And this is the cost for that loadout. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, who knows? They can yeah. do it a bunch of different ways. But yeah, that's, this is just conjecture that's, at this point. Doug, I the way Doug is how Doug explained it makes sense to me. Or like printed like quick build cards as well and given yeah. out as I say they're they very easily could print them because they said they're coming in their two themed packs that are all it was like a battle for uh Alderaan or no, that's that's, that's what GSP is doing. Battle for Yavin. They they named two different pack, packs. Yeah. Um one is one is uh, Empire, like one is Revenge of something, and one is Battle of something. But one's Empire themed, and one's Rebel themed. Cool, cool. Uh, on the note that we all pretty much knew was happening, but they absolutely confirmed there are not going to be any sanctioned tournaments until at least Adepticon twenty twenty two. We knew yeah, this was they, coming, but you no, know, hearing it's still kind of a uh, it's the only responsible yeah. choice. I feel like it is. They so. they actually said that there's going to be no other op like bigger than store level until the second half of 2022. Uh, the guess that I've heard that makes the most sense to me is that they have a contract with Adepticon, so they have to go to it. Um, and they'll run something unofficial, probably. Yeah, or at least not... Like, not a, not, a, not a system they, open. Yeah, they did say they'll have both thematic and competitive stuff there, but yeah, I'm guessing it won't be some major prize-funded system open. Sort of. World Cup of Droid Soccer. Yeah. Dude, Droid Soccer sounds cool. Like, yeah. the, the way they describe it, it is you shoot uh, special missiles that everybody gets in it to push a droid around, and you're trying to score with it, which sounds pretty entertaining. It sounds super fun. Uh, trying to score with a droid. What are we, Prince Dizor? Oh, I say it sounds a lot like what old cannon. I think what Blood Bowl is right, isn't it? Because Blood Bowl is football, but you can kill each other as well. I thought that was just rugby. <laughs> it's got a point. Ah. <laughs> uh. In Blood Bowl, they wear helmets, though. I think that's the difference. Okay. True. One of them has orcs. I'm not sure which. 
Other things that were announced, uh, there was a discussion of a 12-round limit, potentially, for casual games. Uh, because right now, as the rules are written, a game ends when one player loses all their ships. The actual rules of the game don't say anything about a 75-minute timer. That's just a tournament rule. That's a, yeah, so That's this is actually time. probably the thing they stated the most clearly and people still lost their minds about. They said, Because they specifically refer- referenced the, like, when you open the box of the core kit, the rule book does not have a, a way to end the game other than complete destruction of a side. And this is a four people that are playing by that rule book. There's they're also going to add a twelve round limit, or nine, or fifteen, if you want the game to go longer or shorter or whatever. Like they they pretty clearly meant it for not tournament play. And then they later in the weekend clarified that even if they added to tournaments, there would still be a timer because it doesn't make sense to not have a timer. Logistics require a timer in tournaments. Yeah. that's that's common sense. I'm if not just, convinced that there's that it's guaranteed to not also have a turn limit in tournaments. But yeah, yeah. and especially because they pretty heavily implied they're going to add scenarios at some point. Round limits make a ton of sense for scenarios. Indeed. Right, and on that they did mention that they will be adding competitive objectives at some point, and that there is a hotex style campaign in the works, possibly it's for organized be... play. Oh, I'm That's so excited! Also, really that. cool. That's yeah. legitimately what I'm most excited for. I never got to play hotex in first edition. Me either. Hyped. But I, I'm just excited for introducing our friends who were into Star Wars, but not X-Wing. Yeah. And yeah, like I think this is another amazing way to get people into the game. Because it's similar to Aces High, but you get a little bit more connection with the uh, ship you're playing. And then from there, you know, people explore what else can you do with this game. And uh, and it, it's Hotak is a ton of fun. I've only played it once, but it was a, it was a great time. Sounds like it. And then, was there any other news they covered? Uh, I mean, the big one. No, I can't think oh, of anything. First edition reprints coming. In oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. That's right. yeah. The big one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to get my G1A back, boys. <laughs> K-Wing. back on the menu. Which uh, they clarified is probably minimum 2023 when you're actually looking at it because they haven't even really started about, started doing it. They just know they're going to. So it's, it's a ways off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah, but for those of you who just can't get enough of your Miranda, she'll be back eventually. Maybe. I'm still Maybe. guessing they're going to start with more known stuff before they get to, like, K-Wings and Skurgs and stuff like that, but... I mean... Those were at least in the cartoon. I saw Kamokli as are officially canonized as of, like, the last Vader comic. Yes, in uh, this week's... Uh, uh, in one of the cartoon, uh, cartoons, comics, uh, Bounty Hunters comic, you've got Kamokli is chasing down a Lambda-carrying Han Solo, so... I need to get caught up on Dr. Afra. I'm four, three or four months behind. Good stuff. Uh, I'm a terrible Star Wars fan, and I I don't consume media outside of movies and TV shows for it. Which is absolutely fair, and no one should gatekeep that. I only like it, yeah, straight up. Except me. I'm a trash Star Wars fan. (laughs) I thought you were saying you're a true Star Wars fan because you only watch the stuff on the TV. Oh, yes, that's what I meant. Yes, I'm a true Star Wars fan. (laughs) I just think Dr. Afra's the cool as hell character, so I read her comments. Uh, they mentioned something about implementing a restricted and banned list. That's something that's interesting because they do something similar for Marvel Crisis Protocol in the vein of this is a list of cards. You may only have like four from this list in your team or whatever. Uh, No idea how they're going to implement that for X-Wing, but... I think it's safe to say they'll do something similar, but I don't think it will be the exact same because... 
there are a lot of differences in like the list building process between Crisis Protocol and, and X-Wing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, ban list is a ban list. That's pretty standard. It's, you can't bring those cards to competitive events, but yeah, like, I don't really see how else you define that. But Restricted, they could go a lot of different ways. Like <laughs> Restricted could essentially be an errata to put pips on things, if that's what they want to do. It could be what they do with Prices Card Protocol, where if everything's on this ban list, you can only bring two or three cards from it. Yeah, uh, like a pip that applies to a set of cards. Yeah, yeah. It could be something where each card gets more expensive the more copies of it you bring. Like, we really yeah. don't know at this point. Yeah. Yep. So Which is interesting because we do have one ship, technically, that is neither in hyperspace nor extended, that being the hyperspace ring, which is technically its own ship. And it's yeah, not on the hyperspace or extended ships. list. Yeah. Uh, well, epic ships are specifically designed only for epic play, but the idea that they could have, if they would have said, hey, we don't want anybody playing Vader Defender outside of casual games, they could just take it off the hyperspace and the extended list. So this is going to be a new approach to it, I think. Yeah, also a side tangent in that um, it was while they were painting X-Wing ships, one of the guys did a Q&A, and uh, he didn't explicitly said it, but heavily implied that hyperspace and extended are going away. Because they didn't, uh, in his words, they didn't fulfill the goal that they were created to do. Pretty true, I'd say. Yeah, indeed. Um, so, so yeah. again, this is purely speculation, but my guess is that uh, we'll get the equivalent of like Hyperspace Plus, where it's probably everything that has officially been re-released, and then there'll be the equivalent of like historical format for Magic, where it's just everything else. Yeah. Um, where you can play your, your K-Wings and your other ships. Yeah. Wookie. Also, that's the word I was looking for. And I was like, what's the ship no, that's sitting right a, in front of a, me that I'm looking at? That's a canon ship, though. So it's going to get re released any second. Those Wookiees walked yeah. into space with their wood ships. They walked. I assume they just walked. <laughs> They're pretty They're like small. Flintstones. Their feet yeah. hanging out from the bottom of the ship and they just walked yeah. to space. They just pedaled their way to space. My, my immediate thought is that somehow, like, the Ozotuck is treadmill powered. You just got, like, a bunch of Wookiees just kind of running in the back. Isn't it sealed with some sort of, like, ridiculous magic sap? That's how it's it, it, magic. They're made of biologically and... miraculous sap. Oh, my apologies. <laughs> uh, Listen, I'm going to make fun of a ship in a. A game about, or a game in a universe where people just use the force and have lightsabers. Wood ships are too much. It's yeah. a saber made that out is of where we, That is where we draw the line, is wooden ships. Unless it's like a station wagon. That's cool. Oh, gosh. Uh, like well, imagine the Millennium really Falcon right? with a strip of fake wood around. I say, why can't I put wood paneling on my X-Wing now? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Because it doesn't work, I'll tell you that, because... For the I don't first... want to hear your science words, Matthew. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the first online GSP tournament we had. I ran a ship, and uh, in Tabletop Simulator, I retextured them all in wood, like wooden ships. They looked really cool, and I got the pants beat off me, so wooden ships do not function well. But to I want fair, wood doesn't absorb laser blasts nearly as well as whatever made-up metal it is. We don't, it's Dura-Steel. It's just Dura-Steel. Yeah. Like <laughs> I said, made-up metal. <laughs> but Wait, like, like the window's also made out of, like, transparent steel? Transparent steel, yeah. Transparent steel. Star Wars is really creative. Coach <laughs> Lucas is the greatest director of all time. These are from the books. These are worse than George Lucas, because actual authors thought of these words. Yeah. <laughs> they were inspired by George Lucas. True. <laughs> That's enough to harm anybody's ability to think of real words. Indeed. 
All of these things that we've been talking about are mostly speculation, but the bit that got the most coverage that people have been just heated over. Throbbing uh, at the mouth. Throwing biased polls out there and... Damn, call out. <laughs> people who are good at many things and some of them aren't making impartial polls that's fair it's not, a, it's not an easy skill to have not an easy skill to have but to be fair this is a contentious issue that has for some people shaken the very foundations of their preferred play style of x-wing and that Her is identity in X-Wing. <laughs> True. Uh, and that is the changes that are going to happen to the concept of bids and how first players and MOV are determined. Uh, bids are gone, guys. The promised <laughs> land. We are Ding here. Dong, the bid is dead. The bid <laughs> is dead. Uh, the main thing being that first player is now going to be determined randomly at the beginning of the game. And again, this is one that's wide open and vague. We don't know if this means randomly determined first player and that's locked in for the rest of the game. It doesn't mention if it's going they to be alternating. They came back and pretty heavily implied that first one. Right. Uh, but the the idea is, you know, some people have been talking about alternating initiative. There's been no concrete knowledge yet. But just mentioning the idea, because bidding for ace players specifically, is absolutely, like, it's been an integral part of list building since the game came out, really. Less so in first edition, because it was much more granular. Uh, well, less granular. You, you had... Also, first edition kind of eliminated the need for bids because upgrades were so good that yeah. you actively hurt yourself not bringing... Yeah. Close to 100 points. 97 but... was the deepest bid you ever saw in first edition. Yeah, and I that think was there, really there was a 196... I remember during the Mindlink meta, somebody yes. brought it. Yeah, the one of the um, mirrors went down to 196. Yeah. And that's ridiculous. But the... Is it, though, compared to second edition? That's only an eight-point bid, and in second that's, edition, yeah. that's just like a, that's an average deep bid. I was meaning more, more of just Mindlink in general was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But like, that's, but that's a perfect true. example. Is like Mindlink was a one-point, it's, it's the equivalent of like hopeful or disciplined, but the strength of force, I guess? Like that's It's probably... literally the strength of force. Like... Yeah. Indeed. Uh, so the other thing is that bids are now going to be given as points to your opponent. So if you bring a 197 point list and I have a 200 point list, I start the game with three points effectively. This is them helping us against ourselves because if it's a detriment to bring a bid, so just fill up all your points. It's not hard. Yeah, I think they honestly would have made this less controversial if they just said we're going to introduce a rule that says lists have to be 200 points like <laughs> or as close um, as you can because it's possible to fill up a list and fill every slot and not yeah. reach 100 you know 200 points but, so the reason they do the points deficit is because while there has not been a list yet that can probably truly abuse it at least that is going to be commonly flown there is a scenario where you use every upgrade upgrade slot you need and still have a big bid and you're just fortressing those points yeah um and while people brought bids to move second 99.99% of the time, currently, it was still an advantage you got. Like, uh, I ran Super Kylo with an 11-point bid for XTC, and there were multiple games I won against jousting lists where if I didn't have that bid, I'd have been losing throughout that game instead of winning. And if you had given up those 11 points with this new system, you'd have been behind in a lot of your games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, 
like that's an extreme example. Supernatural Kylo is not a standard list, but people are like, even if it's not a large majority, there are still people that are willing to abuse those mechanics. And I think AMG just came out swinging saying, we don't want that in the game. We want people to build to 200 initiative to be random and play the game honestly. Which is more than fair, and that's really all it's you can ask. exciting as hell, to be honest. Yeah. Now, and that's the thing, you know, Doug, you play Aces more than, you know, the rest of us do. As someone who has seen some deep bids, like you were mentioning, you know, 11 points with that, and I've seen people go deeper, how much is this affecting your play style? Oh, a lot. Like, uh... <laughs> like I'm, I'll be the first to admit that I've used the bid mechanics, but I'm really excited that I don't have to or get to anymore. Um, so there's this weird thing because aces kind of inadvertently got a buff from this because you don't play ace mirrors most games. Most games, your ships are, if you're bringing aces, your ships are moving last, whether you brought a bit or not. So what this actually says is I now get, you know, between 14 and five extra points of upgrades every game. Um, so getting a hull upgrade. <laughs> yeah. Like, or other ships are getting upgrades instead. Mm -hmm. Your wingmen are better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like people, there. I've seen people panicking that aces are dead now, and I think they're going to panic more because I would bet that some aces go up in price uh, as a result of this because they're just they they are getting stronger. You're getting more stuff on them. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's pure speculation, but but either way, like what Smittle said, like something like an ace mini swarm is a lot more relevant now because your single ace doesn't have to worry about outbidding ace lists. I'm so and, excited on that note. Like, this is the perfect change for my play style. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Doug. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. That's like your, like your guys' is, you guys ran the Saratessum special Tessum a special, lot. Yep. Huge uh, which was buff. pretty much right before we started this podcast, but that was mm -hmm. Obi-Wan with Sense and R2. Uh, Obi-Wan with just, just L2B. Just L2B. And, oh, really? Uh, no R2? Yeah, that's all you could no, fit. All you fit, because it, it started out at 199 points. You had Obi-Wan with uh, uh, Delta 7B. You had R2. Yeah, uh, tied with an ion cannon and two torrents. And two torrents, and it yeah, started out at 199 so points. It's so fair, then... but it has so much damage. It just slaughtered. Oh yeah, no, like, and you guys flew. It was it was a good list, and you flew well. But I was just I just assumed there was more on it because nope. <laughs> that's why like that's why I lost to Clint is because my Obi Wan, we traded Obi Wan shots and his one and had regen. So that's why I yeah. lost to Clint in warfare. It was interesting because at 199 points. That list actually had the one point bid over common lists with the same initiatives. Most lists well, that ran I threes and fives had went to the full two hundred. So you got the, five lists went deeper. Yeah, or or yeah, if it went super deep, it didn't matter anyway. But suddenly, when that list went to two hundred, it became a dice roll, and I can tell you that seriously affected me in between Warfare Weekend and the Las Vegas Open. Mr. Greg? Greg has joined us. He has uh, come out from under the uh, pile of rubble that is his home with two small wow. children. <laughs> My. Uh, yes. Uh, was, but yeah, back to like chaos. that, the Saratessum list, the Fan and six TIE Fighters I flew didn't have a bid, so I couldn't beat other aces. Um, well, I could beat them, but I couldn't beat them with Fen. Um, the Fen Boss Cannon list I flew only had a one-point bid. Another be... upgrade, and that doesn't have to worry about Fen losing to other sixes. Um, it's amazing. Like it's a brand new world. I'm so excited. Indeed. Uh though Greg, as a swarm player, sorry not to I'm gonna be a little sad not being able to guarantee moving first with the block as a swarm player, but hey, that... we all we'll have to adapt. <laughs> 
But again, that was like a maybe once a tournament, and more realistically, once every three tournaments. Yeah, maybe, maybe once a tournament. <laughs> I think it maybe happened twice with the six swarm over three tournaments. Yeah, that uh, again, flying four X two Z at two hundred points, which I really, really, God, I love that list, but I hope it doesn't stay legal. It's just too efficient, and especially with these changes to aces having to change their concept of play. I wonder, is this going to make jousting efficiency lists more popular? I mean, they were already they're the already most the most popular. popular archetype, yeah. Yeah. But there might be some people, ace players who give up on aces first and go back to... Yeah, I think triple aces will plummet in popularity at first. Okay. And then somebody will do well with one and they'll remember that aces are still good against everything that isn't other aces. And people and will get more and them. more practice playing moving first against other aces. And eventually they'll, like, they'll learn how to do it. It's a skill that can be learned, and it is. I mean, you are at a distinct disadvantage in ace pairs, oh, like, definitely, regardless definitely. of how good you are. But uh, straight. But up. yeah, it's not. It's not like you just auto lose if you lose the die roll. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. You guys are so, talking about bids. Yeah. So, Greg, uh, Greg, you are a player who is not known for flying aces or swarms much, uh, either end of that spectrum. How is this change to bids and points going to affect how you, you know, generally a mid-initiative player, uh, approach your list building? Um, I actually like, well, I like most of it. So I was actually just talking with a buddy today that uh, I fly, um, I don't know, two, three, fours. And I'm okay with moving first. And I would actually rather move first. You've got to be in most cases there. And yeah. And um, if I'm moving second, I'm actually kind of mad about it. So I've taken like two point bids because those kind of lists, like usually people bid up to 200 anyway. Um, so I've taken like two point bids on purpose so that I can be, uh, so that I can have initiative. Uh, and then that really like helps me uh, move move first and be able to block because um, that's probably like 80% of my game plan usually is blocking um, just because of the list that I like to fly. So it's going to, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Now with first player being determined randomly, if you are one of those type of players that likes throwing blockers out there, you might not have the option. What are you going to do when you have to fly a headhunter like a real ship? <laughs> <laughs> I was actually thinking uh flying, what's going to happen when I fly a large base such as like Vinny and I don't get to choose to move first. Uh, that's just going to be laughable on the other end. Like, yeah, I'm never going to get an action ever again. So, uh, Vinny. Doug's like, well, Vinny's not good anyways. So. <laughs> hey, I didn't say anything. Those are your <laughs> uh, but I was thinking, um, somebody mentioned the other day, um, about, uh, thinking about upgrades that we wouldn't normally think about, and I've I've also liked um, many swarms plus aces quotation marks, um, and I found that this will kind of play into that because now I can just take my list all the way up to two hundred and not have to worry about the bid war. It's uh, a great time to play ace many swarm. Yeah, yeah, like it's possible they're still not good enough. Like we'll just have to see how points and stuff work out. But they definitely have more life than they did before. Yeah, it's funny you guys say ace many swarms, and I defer to beef many swarms, things like the sinker swarm, uh, where it's not necessarily you're trying to have the hammer and anvil that you do with an ace many swarm, but rather the the larger, slower block. 
that again can often when the meta was at least locally here sinker swarms and droids were the the big to be fair uh, i think the sinker swarm is just a swarm it's just a regular swarm yeah all right but it was that that particular one you know the how runner swarm had gone out of favor and sinker swarm was the new hotness at the time and especially against like droids that suddenly became a battle of initiative but Mm. at the ones not the aces and I think this is go- and I had to learn how to fly that first, how to fly that second. So to me, that's always been a necessary skill. And as a result, I've always kind of scoffed at the idea of deep bids because my mentality has always been, well, what if you run into that mirror that decided they were going to go one deeper? How do you not have a plan for that? If suddenly you are forced to move first, if your entire list breaks down in that situation, what are you doing? And here's the thing. And I, after seeing what a couple people have written about this and seeing it from another perspective, I kind of understand a bit of the salt because when you, you mentioned a couple of times uh, that when you bring a list that has a hard counter, you might only run into that hard counter once in every two tournaments or so. And then, oh, well, you just punt to it. In a lot of cases, deep bids were the same way. If you're running an 11-point bid... I feel zero empathy. As somebody who ran lots of stuff with bids, (laughs) like if you are unable to win games without the bid, then you weren't playing with skill. You were playing because of the bid. You were just abusing a mechanic. And let's, let's be fair. It's a mechanic that's in the game to be used, as it was. I don't think it was designed that way. Like I don't think X-Wing was designed around bids. It was just... It happened to work that way, and then they kept it in second edition, so people ran with it. And then because upgrades were worse, it got abused more. Mm-hmm. Also, like mobility in general is way stronger in second edition than it was in first. Like True. because mods are less prevalent, mobility is more. Important. Yeah, like so, like Suntir existed in first edition still, but Suntir was really an evade tank in first edition. He wasn't actually an arc dodger. And like, you always had Palpatine. So focus, yeah, focus, like, evade, auto thrusters, Palpatine. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> oh. God, I'm Gross. getting twitchies just thinking about how bad Ugh. that was. And that became like sitting in arcs and tanking all the shots is what people associated with arc dodging. Because up until that point, flying soon tier was arc dodging. Yeah, because you would you would dodge half the arcs, but then you would just tank the rest. And then there was auto thrusters that created yeah. a whole new set of issues. But yeah. Anyway, my, my point is is that like there there are going to be cases where you could you like how am I trying to phrase this? Uh uh, so bids are important in the mirror matches. But if you lean so heavily on bids that that's the only way you won the game, you weren't winning from skill, you were winning from abusing the bid mechanic. And I don't really have empathy for that. That's a pretty savage take, but okay. Yeah, this is him but, too, though. Not to say yeah, that I like, abused the mechanic. I, I could win without the bid. But I very easily could do terrible now. Like, <laughs> yeah, there, but, I could try some lists that don't have the bid anymore, and I could lose games. And I'm willing to accept that because I think it's much healthier for the game overall. I'm all yeah. I'm all in for X-Wing 2.5, the game of shitty Doug. <laughs> that seems a little harsh. <laughs> I mean, I've actually had the most success splits without bids, but let's not... Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> what makes it even funnier. Uh, but yeah, this is... It, it's, it's a ch- I think it's the biggest change to a mechanic that has been present for all of X-Wing. X-Wing debuted in what, 2013? 2012. Wow, nine years Gen, of X- Gen Con 2012. 
So yeah, we're yeah, coming up on yeah, the nine-year anniversary nine year of X-Wing. And this, I think, is a bigger change than going from 100 to 200 points. Uh, the only other thing that I mean, is half edition, points is the other thing that... Yeah, second edition as a whole was a bigger change than this, but this is probably one of the biggest changes, yeah. Like, this is at minimum on the same level as, like, the jump ma- the first Jump Master errata. Okay. And that was mostly a timing issue that caused it to be so ridiculous, because it was right before Worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But realistically, looking at all these changes that have been announced, you know, from the changes to organized play, from the changes to bids, uh, the idea of that restricted band list, we are seeing a shakeup that has not been seen since the announcement of second edition. Is this really like another generation of X-Wing? People are already calling it X-Wing 2.5. Is that accurate? Uh, I think it's too early to truly say, but I think there's a good chance, like... I think how they shake up points could make a big deal. Agreed. Um, like if they, they've already said it's going to be a wide scope. So I, I expect it to change the meta quite a bit, but like if we were like, if they just implemented those rules after they came out and then they didn't change points for another six months, it's essentially just changing the meta rather than changing the game itself. Um, but with the points changes, they could really reemphasize how they want the game to be played. So we'll just have to see. Oh, I have a question and you guys may have touched on this earlier. Uh, what's the difference between a holistic approach and what they have been doing? Like, how does that change? Did you guys talk about that already? We Not have. As, that's a really yeah. good thing to bring up, actually, Greg. Okay. That's awesome. Um, so first, what do we mean by a holistic approach? What do they mean by a holistic approach? That was their right. words. Yeah. I don't know if we can know for sure what they mean. But in, in my opinion, I think it means they're going to look at the game as a whole, rather than each specific ship and each specific faction. How does this point cost affect the game as a whole and how does it relate to the game as a whole right. i think also and this might be a shit take but i think i really liked what ffg did for the most part but i think they appealed to their player base a little too much sometimes agreed um, and so i think amg is saying they are going to look at the game more than the community for how they want to push it at least early on i'm Ooh. okay with that okay you know, yeah, I think no, that I think, the I think uh, developers are normally way smarter than the general populace of the game base, and <laughs> uh, like FFG showed that they knew what they were talking about most of the time. But I do think there were times that they caved and changed things because the community was so outraged about it. Harpoon missiles. Who said? Who said what? Har- harpoon missiles? No, no one said harpoon missiles. Homing missiles, and I was like, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but there was definitely stuff. The there were changes that were made reversed. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think that looking at these changes right now, again, we have incomplete information, but already we've got some feedback on our social media. Uh, people saying, is the move to quick builds, which I don't think anybody said they were going to move to, uh, there's a fear that the sky is falling and list building is going to become a thing of the past. I highly doubt that. I yeah, like I mean, that's, there's no way. That's taking one comment they made without any details and pushing it to the extreme. When they specifically said yeah. the word option in that comment. You know, and, yeah, like, and what I believe that they're doing is they're not, well, obviously they're not getting rid of list building. Uh, uh, but what they're doing is they're taking away the advantage of winning the game in the list building process. Such as I don't the, even think it's that. I think what they're actually doing is adding more options. Like so, we we discussed this before you got on, Greg. But the how I interpreted them talking about the standardized loadouts is if 
So what was the example? It was a red squad vet with proton torpedoes and what, like an R4? Yeah. yeah. Which let me just pull up the build. Wait, where'd you find that at? Or do you, are you speculating? No, we're, we're speculating. We're, this was the example we used earlier. The idea. So that... a red squad vet currently with proton torpedoes and an R4 astromech is 54 points, which is way too much for an I3X wing. Like you're just, there's no way you're going to get that efficiently. And there is no way to price that combination of cards uh, generically where it doesn't abuse it in a different way. So like you it can't make red ooh. squad. Yeah, you can't make red squad vets cheaper without just making them broken. You I, can't make proton torpedoes cheaper. I see where you're going with this. Yeah. But they could make the red squad veteran with proton torpedoes and an R4 astromech as a standardized loadout, 48 points. That's probably too low. But just as an example, like 48 points. But then right. anytime you bring one of those, any other red squad vet also has to be that exact same loadout, and you can't change it at all. So you, they're actually adding options because this is something you couldn't bring viably before, and now you can. There's just wow. also a limitation. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That's that is also how I interpreted it as yeah. well. This also touches a bit on, uh, Greg, what you and I mentioned during our conversation on configurations. The idea mm -hmm. that real-world military equipment often has specific configurations and loadouts that are fixed, and mm -hmm. you use it for this thing. This would almost kind of be like the, just a spitball, something like the Red Squadron Veteran 11B loadout is this. It's 50 points. You can't change these upgrades. If you have a Red Squadron Veteran, they're all 11Bs. Yeah, honestly, that. configuration would be the perfect name for this if it didn't already exist as an yeah. upgrade slot in the yeah, game. If it, was, if it wasn't always half cool. an old title. Yeah. 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 Um, well, yeah. the first thing that comes into my mind would be uh, these standardized loadouts being given a squadron name. Mm. Yeah, and that'll just be how complex are they going to make it. Um, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. We, we have no like, idea. What's, what's, the, what's the Imperial Squadron from Squadrons? The Anvil Squadron? Inferno. It, you know, or no, no, Inferno is Battlefront. Uh, I was talking about like you know, your Anvil Titan, squad, Titan squadron, yeah, yeah, squad, your, squadron. yeah, like your Titan squadron, Tie interceptors all have Daredevil and Static Discharge veins. But I, I, why? I think it's possible, but I think they are going to lean into specific pilots rather than ships as a whole, because then it gets into it's harder to balance when you say. Any TIE fighter that takes the Titan loadout gets this for this discount because uh, then, like, certain name pilots can abuse it more than generics or things like that. Okay, so you're fair. saying Red Squadron Vet would be the pilot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, so they would have a Red Squad right. Vet load. And I could be wrong. They could be doing what yeah. you're saying. It's just that's that's my gut instinct yeah. is that it's probably easier to balance on a pilot by pilot basis rather than ship by ship. That is, again, how I interpret it. Because they said the it would be standardized loadouts, I assumed it meant it would have to be generic pilots. Yeah, that yeah, makes I think a lot of sense. I like that. That also adds to the, it's easier to actually express more list building if it's by pilot, because if you make, if you put a Titanfall TIE Fighter, then every TIE Fighter has to be a Titanfall TIE Fighter. But if you make it a Black Squadron has this Titanfall configuration, then you could still bring normal Howrunner. Oh, okay. oh yeah, that that I like. Yeah, that, that makes some sense. I dig it. Well, we'll definitely see when they give us more information yeah. on this. We don't that know when that'll be coming, but still I, pure speculation. Yeah, so I want to emphasize again, this is 100% speculation. And How I'm, we interpreted yeah, it. I we are almost certainly completely wrong about something. Like, because something I that, love that idea. I love that. I think it's a really great. neat idea, and I think it makes a yeah. lot of sense to do it that way, but we don't know if that's for sure. Right. Um, and I, I'm sure that AMG knows what they're doing. I, after the scream, I have 100% complete trust in AMG. Yeah, AMG. I actually, I uh, 
I was never a dissenter like other people were. I was just I didn't have an opinion because they hadn't really shown much. And now I'm I'm a super in on what they're doing. I was I'm an AMG stan. The, the, the way they say. spoke about it and the emotion that they 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 sounded like gamers. Like they sounded like we want this for the game. Like it turns out that people nice. who become game developers don't do it for the money. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's something yeah. they're actually passionate about. Well, I remember somebody somebody told you this, Doug. I don't remember. Maybe you saw it on the internet. It was like AMG doesn't play X Wing. Like it was just like they've never yeah, picked up the game at all. And I was like, oh, I feel like they probably played it. When they very first took it over, they did a stream of them playing a game and got rules wrong. And it was like so that means now what, almost a year later they can't have learned the game? Like yeah. they, they they haven't spent their entire job learning the game and trying to develop it. We all got the rules wrong. Doug and I thought you canceled crits before hits. Like we all got rules wrong when we started. Mango Cannon was OP. <laughs> no, so, side note to that. My first knowledge of the X-Wing Miniatures game was when it was played on Will Wheaton's tabletop as a 2v2 They got game. a lot of things wrong. They, oh my god, going back and watching that, I'm like, this is the worst introduction to X-Wing ever. I can actually top Smilonized Rule 2, because before I taught Smittle the game, my dad and another friend and I would play, and like we didn't know that it was 100-point limits, because it's back in 1st edition. So we would just like pick a point amount and play. Uh, we didn't know that you removed focus and evade tokens during the end phase because we missed that when we were reading the rules. Free and so 1.0 uh, was a com relay and advanced optics. Yeah, for free, just on every ship. Uh, and it wasn't That's a limit of one. Good. So like we would play and we didn't play on a three by three. We just played on a table. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'd have like 150 point sh- lists and like we'd just be screwing around like one forwarding towards each other with our like six ship lists, and we'd be like, "Man, this game is fun, but we can't do any damage." And it's because everybody had like four focuses. <laughs> oh, everybody had moldy crow. <laughs> yeah, going into combat, and, and we played like that for weeks. So <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that that just sounds that that waters my crops. That is wonderful. Uh, so Empire was a lot better than Rebels in those days, though, because Empire well, had yeah, evade actions. Yeah, Empire had the evade action, and how evade worked in first edition. So with everything we've covered, uh, I think we're all in pretty high hopes about what's coming up. That's uh, wow. Yeah, while we've got Greg here, is there anything else that we went over? Like we've already gone over everything they talked about in their announcement. Is there anything else that jumped out to you that you loved? Um, you're talking to me. Yes, yes. I am. <laughs> it caught me off guard. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't know what you guys talked about. All of it, man. Pretty much everything they talked about. Not well. We did a little bit of the ships, but mostly just their like announcements. Um, I'm just generally excited. I I know that. So I'm. This kind of excites me too because I think that they're really going to reduce um, the number of uh, products that they're going to release throughout the year, which I think is actually kind of ironic because it's AMG, and I'm pretty sure they put out an MCP. Um, expansion like every two weeks uh, in yeah. 2020 <laughs> it's, it's like the pacific rim you know first we had an mcp expansion every two weeks then every seven days soon we'll have <laughs> double releases yeah which but uh, i i like that they're releasing this like i feel like they so what we have the y wings and the uh, whisper to look for or and the bomber and to look forward to but then we gotta wait until next quarter and we get all of this stuff like it's so much to wait for that it's super exciting and it's stuff that like honestly i i i would i've always wanted the gauntlet fighter but i was like nah it's kind of awkward 
like size wise in the game. They'll probably never do it. Um, and then I think there was like one person and it was Mike that was like, ah, we'll just do commando tokens or whatever. Like you could do deployable commandos. Yeah. Or, and, uh, and it was just like, how is that going to work with the game? Like, whatever. Like, okay. And then, you know, we were watching the stream together while playing a game uh, last week or whatever. And he was like, so excited. And, uh, but yeah, just stuff like that. Like, I'm just super excited that they'll, uh, uh, that they're releasing these bit or they're giving us this big announcement and we get to look forward to it for shoot what is that like five months uh only it's only three months till the start of 2022 is it but we'll have to oh see yeah it's already oh, september man what one thing i'm interested to see because you mentioned that like crisis protocol p- pumped out expansions when it first came out uh like this is all still 90 percent ffg design stuff like i think they added the card pack they said is amg designed or at least part of it is um but like when we get to actually amg design stuff i wonder if they're going to move to the we're going to release stuff more frequently but it's just going to be like one ship for one faction at a time rather than these these big waves i don't know i'm just i I think it'd be interesting and you've always been a proponent you've always been somebody who said that you would like what uh less frequent smaller waves yeah, but that's because I own everything, so I don't have to wait on stuff. <laughs> Good point there. Yeah, like for if somebody only has one faction, then like it could kind of suck because it might be nine months before uh, you get something. But uh, I mean, that's kind of the case right now, anyway. So play more factions, or don't, and accept that you only get a release one seventh of the time. Like, yeah, or own everything because you have. Are you saying be rational and reasonable? I know I'm expecting a lot of these next week. Yeah. I think he's talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was talking to Alex. Uh, but like, I expect, I think actually players can be rational and reasonable. Again, I couldn't say that with a straight face. As long as you're not talking about the game itself, I think they're, that could be true. That's true. That's fair. I'll grant them a little bit of credit. Very true. And let's be fair. That always comes from a place of love. People would not be this emotional and in many cases just ranting and irrational about a game if they were not emotionally invested in yeah, it. Yeah, they're passionate about it. Yeah. Like, that's what thing. I'm looking for. You know, we, uh, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, we've had a couple uh, laughs with uh, and at our cross-state uh, compatriots, the Midwest Scrubcast, because these changes uh, hit some of them really hard where they live. Uh, poor Dan Peterson, the Midwest Scrub himself, is, he made a rather uh, in good, uh, I'll say I liked his blog post about it, but pointing out that Dan has flown one of second edition, and it's been based around anywhere from a uh, he got, he got 29 26. to 19-point yeah. yeah. bid he ran with it. Uh, which, and that's just because that list, you cannot, you really you cannot win a game if you do when not you engage. That list. Change it. Yeah, like, yeah, and then suddenly making it random. That might be completely non-viable. It probably and, kills Gory again, Finn, and it—I would say there's a decent chance it kills Fat Gory, but th- I still think he could thin down Gory a little bit, and or go back to like Gory Boba or things like that. I think I think he has options. Right. But I, the uh, idea I being, it's this—you know—the idea that an archetype that someone has invested a lot of time in. I don't think anybody in this you know iteration of the game has flown a specific list more consistently than Dan Peterson has Fen Guri. That, that we know of. That we know of. That we know for sure. Yeah. And but, having that list effectively 
taken and said, you know what? The one thing that made this list tick doesn't anymore, and now it's random. I can understand the the saltiness about it. And yeah, I mean, yeah. he was pretty reasonable about it. There yeah, is yeah, one. Think... There's one thing he said in there though that I think is very telling. Uh, is he talked about how when he play it in casual games, he would frequently take the bid or take first player, knowing that it would lose him the game, but the the game the list was so miserable to play against if you were moving first against it that he didn't want people to have a bad time. And I think that is the exact reason this needed to happen. Yeah, because and that says a lot about Dan as a person and why we well, all no, like him so much. I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is that like <laughs> lists like that shouldn't exist. And Super Kylo is the exact same way. And I played yeah. it because I was playing a competitive thing, but I did not take Super Kylo to casual games. Like, uh, and, no, and he did. Super, but... You took Super Yoda to Aces High. It was Aces High. There's six. <laughs> I, I he got one shot. The first <laughs> he did he get one, one shot, shot by a hawk. And all you did was like a two hard to the right, essentially. Yeah. Oh. Uh, no, I did like a one straight with like a four barrel roll to the right. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, like. Uh, it sucks for him because it is something he put a lot of time and clearly was passionate about. But I think for the health of the game, this is much better overall. And I think that's just a perfect example of why. Yeah. So, and again, we, we kid because we love, you know, Matt and Emily and Clint and Dan are our friends. And seeing that, unfortunately, it just happens to be all these changes really kick a lot of their preferred stuff right in the teeth. So the next Missouri Chlorian and Mini Chlorian, if it goes that way, are going to be really interesting based off these changes. We should all fly generic swarms for that, for the record. Oh, mm. God, I, I can just hear their rage from here. Weird. Yeah. It's like, it's like I'm gonna run three out of four of us did that. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Well, we have covered pretty much everything that AMG talked about, as well as the community reactions to it. We are, again, this is mostly conjecture. We are in, you know, Pure on, on tenderhooks. Yeah, we are waiting for real information. It might be a while before it comes. So expect speculation to run rampant. Be patient with your fellow community members who might be completely off in lunatic land about, you know, the sky is falling. Things, things will work out. This, you know, we love this game. People are going to get emotional about it. Let them be. If the game's changing. We'll find out more as it comes along. I'm 100%. so excited. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's a new it's game. Yeah. Uh, something else to mention. When this goes up, uh, if you're following us on social media, specifically on our Facebook group, we're going to be posting a Google questionnaire where you guys can throw in some questions that we will address on our upcoming 50th episode, which is coming up soon. Got 50 episodes we will have been doing this soon. That's over a year for us. Like, that's we're yeah. close to two years, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're, we're coming up on it. It's been uh, it's been a wild ride. We've seen the game, the community, a lot of things change in that time. So uh, again, watch us on the socials. Throw your questions at us through that Google questionnaire, and we will address them on our uh, listener promoted fiftieth episode when that comes. So watch this space. With that, is there anything uh, people would like to add or shout out before we run to a close? I would like to shout out local moisture farmer Mike Winnick. Yes. Uh, yeah. Mike is moving to Minneapolis this week. Uh, um, tomorrow, in fact, as this goes live, he will be on his way there. Say, I'm hoping he gets a chance to listen to this on his drive. Um, yeah. He'll always say, be a moisture farmer. He'll always be a moisture farmer, yes. And Which, drive- for those that don't know, the Mocan Moisture Farmers is our... Our, our Kansas City greater area group name. Yes. Yeah. Mike is a fellow that I have uh, 
you know, got to know really well. We've done road trips together. He crashed on my couch. Uh, we've been pulled over on road trips together. Uh, just one of the most wholesome players you'll ever meet. He is leaving us for a new job in the Minneapolis area. So if we have listeners up in the Twin Cities and you get this uh, bearded weirdo with a bunch of bombing Y-wings show up, uh, treat him well. He's going to be an asset to anywhere he flies. Uh, we're losing a, you know, we're not losing a friend. We're losing a local, but our loss is also Minneapolis a friend. game. Yeah. I mean, like, he we're is not, our friend. Losing, yeah, we're not well, losing. No, but he's, he is going to be away, and we will see him again, of course. Absolutely, but, uh, I don't Mike, have object you know, permanence, so I've already forgotten who he is. That's true. That's why I have to live with Doug, is because he doesn't remember who anyone I'm just is if I leave. Mike, I would like to say that Mike was you know how I kind of talk about you guys being like a big thing when I first started, just because you guys like I answered questions, I bothered you or whatever. Mike, the very first tournament that we were at, he said to me, oh, if you ever want to play, just contact me and we could play. Well, I was like, well, I'm brand new. I'm not going to call you. Like, I was just, that's my first thing. And, but he was so nice and he said that. So one day I did. And I was like, hey, man, I haven't played a game in a while. You know, you want because he, he lives in Lawrence, worked at Topeka. And he started coming over to the house. And then we started going to Huscarl. <clears throat> and, like, it, my X-Wing experience would not be what it is without Mike. Like, he was, like, very constant in my X-Wing, all my games that I played. We probably played each other probably the most out of anybody. And uh, And just being at the local store... Like he introduced me to Tyler and who Tyler is, uh, he works at the store and he runs all the local things. We talked about it before. Um, and so like he was huge. So I will miss playing him in person, uh, but I will catch him on TTS and talk to him very frequently. So absolutely. We like Mike. We, we do we like Mike. Mike. <laughs> we like so, Mike. Shout out to my father, Bob Howe, because uh, nice. I'm, contract- I'm contractually obligated. That's true. That is true. Actually. Uh, you mentioned uh, Tyler out at Huscarl. We give them a shout out. Uh, if you are in the Topeka area this Sunday, September 26th, they are hosting the X-Wing In Tournament, which is going to be an interesting format for a game. Uh, Huscarl Hobbies and Games. Look them up on Facebook to learn more. Again, if you're anywhere in the Midwest and you can make the trip out to Topeka, they're a great store. We love playing there. You'll probably see some of us there if you go. So that's going to be a, a good time. Friday, Friday, uh, December, Jesus, September 24th, uh, Game Cafe is going to be having a tournament to celebrate the new stuff coming out and hopefully slash probably new points. Fingers crossed. Um, so. It's going to be a whole weekend of X-Wing. Yeah, so oh. that starts at 7-ish. Ish, 7, 7.30, yeah. when everyone's there. Yeah, um, at Game Cafe. Um, Independence. Um, yeah, I'm going to confuse everybody, and I'm going to flip it back to the Husk. Oh, what? That one is a fun one that Tyler is coming up with, and it's like a 150 points list, yes. and then he will provide you a kind of a a 50 point build, and it's very similar to the Hunters uh, and uh, uh, Hunters Hunter. That was the last weekend. Yes. but it's just like it, you get like a like a friend that he provides. I don't know how to say that. It's just like yeah, it's it's a standard go. tournament, but you only have 150 points plus the ship he's provided. Yes. That and you so don't get to be know fun. about beforehand. This is going to be excellent. Yes. I'm hoping so, it's going to be something so. like, you know, welcome to a tricked out Dace bone arm or something. Oh, heck yeah. Knowing him, it probably will be. But uh, yeah. Good times. 
But yeah, again, uh, those of you who aren't in the local area, hit up your local gaming stores if you can. Treat them well. Uh, new stuff coming out, make sure you buy locally where you can. Always important. So with that, uh, it's been fun. Hit up our socials. Get us those uh, questions on the questionnaire when we put it up. For Tashi Station Radio, uh, I'm Matt. I'm Doug. I'm Alex. And I'm Greg. And we like Mike. 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 They don't get that joke yet. Spoilers. Spoilers for episode 50. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tashi Station Radio. Be sure to give us a thumbs up and subscribe. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Music, Spotify, and Amazon Podcasts. Follow us on our social media on Facebook at Tashi Station Radio, an X-Wing podcast, on Twitter at Tashi Station XW, on Twitch at Tashi Station X-Wing, and on YouTube at Tashi Station X-Wing. If you want to help us offset our hosting costs, you can go to co-fi.com slash Tashi Station X-Wing and toss us a few credits to help keep the huts off our back. Stay safe, fly well, and we'll see you next episode.